Well, I guess it was just me, but that was just beautiful. <laughs> Gets me every time. Uh, what you saw up there and what you see behind me are the are five images or metaphors for the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the water, the springs, the flowing of the Spirit, uh, the wind, fresh wind, ruach, that's a, a word that means breath or wind. And then on this side, you have the flame, tongues of fire appeared before uh, on the people, and then uh, the oil, the oil. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today as well. So, great job. I think it's just a perfect way to begin our series on the Holy Spirit of God. I thank you to all the, y'all turned up for the storytellers. How many enjoyed the storyteller series? I thought it was, yeah, off the charts. And just a great time. Thanks to all the pastors and teachers who came and uh, just did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Thank you for your prayers for my mom. She's doing better. She's uh, talked to her last night. She's, she's talking really good. We've just got to get her up and get moving. And so pray that she gets up and starts moving. And so that's our prayer. But I, uh, uh, my name is Ray, for those of you who have forgotten my name. And uh, uh, love being here. Love being here more than, than anything. So we're going to jump right in today, if that's okay. We're in this new series called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire uh, on the Holy Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God, and we're going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit today, and kind of a primer on getting us ready. Then uh, Pastor Taylor next week, I believe, is talking on the gifts of the Spirit, and Pastor Daniel, the works of the Spirit, and then I'll come back and talk about uh, the Ascension and Pentecost on the fourth week. Then we jump into our vision series. So a lot of great things that are happening, and, and come and join us. For those who are watching online, if you can be here, be here. If not, watch online, but we're glad that you were part of us as well. Acts, let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, or watch online. Uh, uh, you know, I hate to ask you to stand again, but you know what they say, motion is lotion for the joints, and so <laughs> stand up and... <clears throat> Let's, uh, let's do this together. All right. All right. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Okay. When the day of Pentecost arrived, and that's key, Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, uh, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound uh, like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, take your word, let it go deep in our heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So uh, here's the thing. Here's where we're starting this series from. Some of you may be so new, you don't understand the person of the Holy Spirit, and that's perfectly fine. We're glad you're here. I think some of us need to reacquaint ourselves with the work of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Sometimes we rely on our growing up. I grew up Pentecostal charismatic, so I've got a whole set of of history around my understanding of the Holy Spirit. Some of you grew up in, in, in maybe Southern Baptist and you have your own understanding. But what we're gonna try and do today is go back to the word and say, Holy Spirit, come, do in me what you will according to your purposes and word. And, and so I, I'll start with this. I don't, I don't think we realize how much the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. I don't think we, we have a clue as to the incredible momentum he wants to create in you and I today. And uh, sometimes we, the church, haven't been all that helpful. We're real helpful. We're real good at talking about Christmas. We're great at talking about Easter, but we've forgotten Pentecost. And Pentecost, the Bible says, is the coming of the Holy Spirit. And that was a big deal. It was a big deal to Jesus. And we're going to talk about that in, in just a few minutes. It's too important to not talk. He is too important to not talk about the Holy Spirit. 
I think the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, families, and church and community are limited by our neglect, as it were, of the Holy Spirit. I think we're trying to operate in our own power, do our own thing according to how we want to, and I think God wants to say that's not good. It's not right. And so much is available to us to walk in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit if we will give him room to operate and work in our hearts and lives. Another problem as we look into the Holy Spirit is this, and it's one Francis Chan put out in his book, The Forgotten God. Sometimes we who say we walk in the Spirit don't always live like it. Is it okay to say? I mean, sometimes, just between you and I, and I really hate to bring this up, but sometimes you can interact with a a believer and a non-believer and not know who it is you're talking to. Did you know that sometimes non-believers have more peace and joy than we do? Brethren and cistern uh, uh, friends, that ought not to be. We need to be men and women who demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. And the only way we do that is we start once again recognizing and yielding, surrendering, and submitting, I know we all hate those words, to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives on a daily, daily basis. So it's important that we spend the next four weeks, I'm gonna ask you to put it on your calendars every weekend you come uh, and be here and study with us, but not just here. Uh, If you go to the app, the Calvary app, you'll see some extensive notes, a lot of scripture that uh, we've put there for you today. This week, go through that. Go through it and and read what the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit. The notes you have are are extensive. There's an application to ask questions about yourself and your walk with the Spirit. Uh, Mariah uh, is is there. She is back there. She's going to help me get on Facebook and 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 Insta Instagram and even and Twitter. (laughs) You know, because we want to. I can't believe I said that, and that just demonstrates how much I love you. Yeah, to even try that thing. And so, uh, you know, and I promise you, if I do go on Twitter, it won't be to tell you that I'm at Don Felipe's eating tacos. That's between me and the tacos, and it's none of your biz. So, but we're going to try and give you and encourage your heart in stuff that build you up this week. And so watch Facebook, watch Instagram, watch these things so that we can just encourage you and spark something in you to keep thinking every day about the work, the person of the Holy Spirit. I can't overemphasize today. I mean, I'd yell it, but I probably will anyway later on. It's important today. We're, we're, we're living without the person of the Holy Spirit doing what the, Jesus sent him to do. And so we gotta fix that. We gotta work on that today. It comes through prayer and through seeking the Lord. Now there's one more caveat that we gotta talk about, and this is from Thomas Ogden who wrote Life in the Spirit in Systematic Theology, Volume 3. And here's what he said. No subject, no subject of Christian teaching is more prone to fanaticism and novelty and subjectivism than the Holy Spirit. I grew up that way, I know. The work of the Spirit deserves especially careful attention precisely because it is so prone to subjective manipulation or ideological abuse. And, and you know what? There are two extremes. There, there are two extremes. Sometimes there's the group that the pendulum goes all the way over here, and I'm not going to go left and right because that could be offensive nowadays. It goes all the way over here, and, and it's all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about the works. It's all about the gifts. It's all about the sign gifts. It's all about this particular gift or that particular gift. And if, and if this group isn't careful, they're so focused on the Holy Spirit, they forget Jesus. They don't realize that the, the main role and purpose of the Holy Spirit is to point us to Jesus, I mean, that's what Jesus himself said. So they get way over here and it's all about the power. They see the Holy Spirit as an it, a thing, or, or a power outlet you just plug into and you get all the power to get everything you want. That's an extreme that's, that's heretical at, at, at worst and just not good at best. But 
Then you have the other group over here that swing. They see the abuses over there, or maybe they're just geared this way. It's all about Jesus over here. Now, you know we love Jesus here. We talk about the cross all the time. He died, rose again. One day he's coming back and praise God. But sometimes we focus so much on on, uh, we, we develop a sense of almost Arianism, it's a heresy of a long time ago, that we exclude the Father and the Spirit. We exclude the work of the Holy Spirit. And what we'd like to do today is say, that's wrong, that's wrong. It's Father, Son, and Spirit. All want to move in us and through us. We want to honor that triune God. And so, uh, you know, let, let's begin with, uh, I'm, I'm tempted to show you that now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait just a second. Uh, well, let me show you. Will you put that up there for me? Okay, here's what we got to get. Here's what we got to get. Uh, Father, Son, and Spirit. We serve a triune God, three in, in one. Not, not three, not, not one with three heads. The Father is not the Son of the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Father's Son. The Son is not the Father's Spirit. There are three distinct each one have, have personality. Each one is a person. All three are God. And so and, and in scripture, that's interchangeable, by the way. And so you need to get an understanding that we're going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, not an it or a thing, but the person of the Holy Spirit. And so keep that kind of in the background of, of your mind as we talk and walk through this. Let's begin with the Nicene Creed of 325 and then revise in 381. And it, it goes this way. I believe... You know, the Council of Nicaea, there were some struggles with different things, and they, they wrote this. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, and who with the Father and Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke through the prophets. Look at what they say. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, and who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified who spoke through the prophets. We believe in the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in a triune God, in the triune God. And so as we think about the day, we're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit in particular. We're gonna start right here. Buckle up, here we go. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing or an, or an it. The Bible said, and all three are mentioned in the Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It, it, it's more than an outlet for power. The, the Holy Spirit has the same substance, the same etern eternality, if that's even a word, as the Father and Son. Whenever you think about God, you include the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you, not only is the Holy Spirit a person, but the Holy Spirit is God as well. The Bible said this, may the grace and the, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The word spirit and God, when I think of the interchange between Ananias and Peter, Peter looked at Ananias and said, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? And then just a sentence later, he says, why have you lied to God? It's interchangeable, especially in the New Testament. And so the Holy Spirit is, is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. Don't, don't, don't second rate or second best the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not right. It's not appropriate. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit is eternal and holy. Eternal. 
Jesus said in John 14, verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, talking about the Holy Spirit, you know him for he dwells within you and will be in you. The spirit, the Holy Spirit was there before the foundations of the world, was there at creation, was there, and we'll come to this, the Old Testament, the New Testament, Holy Spirit has always been a part of the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Obviously, we call he is holy because we call him the Holy Spirit. Same character attributes as the Father and the Son. Next thing I would say is this, the Holy Spirit, again, a primer on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has his own mind and prays for us. I mean, get a, get, wrap your head around that one. Holy Spirit of God is praying for us. The Bible said in Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he searches hearts, and he he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit of God intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Helps me in my weakness. How many need a little help in your weaknesses? Holy Spirit. How many need someone to intercede for you at times? Holy Spirit. How many many don't want their heart searched, but he's gonna search them anyway? Holy Spirit. He has a a mind of his own and he prays, the Bible says. I love this passage. He, He prays for us. When we don't even know how to pray, he prays on our behalf. How cool is that? The Holy Spirit of God prays for you and I. And by the way, understand, the Holy Spirit has a personality and feelings. The Bible said these words in Ephesians 4 and 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed with the day of redemption. I believe the Holy Spirit is grieved when Christians can't get along. I mean, if you wanna know what blew my gasket back through all that pandemic, it was when Christians couldn't get along. Because one thing above all else, it grieved the Holy Spirit. And if you were a part of fomenting that shame on you, because you grieved, I'm on a tangent here, you grieved the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can be grieved when when we have a problem between ourselves and God. Holy Spirit can be grieved when we have a problem with each other. It it, it breaks the heart of God when you and I, when, when the body of Christ especially, cannot get along. The Holy Spirit grieves. So we know he's a person, we know that he's God, we know that he intercedes and prays for us, we know that he has feelings and personality. You see the Holy Spirit of God working all through the through the testaments the Older and the Newer Testament. I mean, even, even this book, the Bible would say this, First Peter, or 2 Peter 1.21, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The breath of God superintended what was written in this book. So the Holy Spirit was, was, was ed, what would we call him, the editor Editor-in-chief of this Holy Scripture. Not only, not only was he there, I mean, the Holy Spirit didn't just arrive at Pentecost. Holy Spirit was there before the foundations of the world. He was there at creation. I mean, Genesis chapter one, one through two. I mean, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was, for my Canadian friends, hovering, for my American friends, hovering, over the face of the waters. The spirit of the Lord did not just arrive at Pentecost. He was there at creation. 
I mean, honestly, I had a professor, uh, Dr. Gordon Smith, and he said this, if the father is the architect, if the son is the source of all things, then the spirit is the engineer and builder that affects the vision of the triune God. All three of them were at work at, at creation. I don't know about you, but I, I get goose pimply all over that. Just to think that the Holy Spirit of God was intimately at work at the creation. Then you start going through the Old Testament and you can do a, do a Google search and see how many times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Old Testament. It's mind boggling that every time a judge, every time Israel started blowing it and got down and started sinning, a judge would rise up and the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them and victory would come because the Holy Spirit had inspired someone to seek the face of God. Then you look at the prophets and they spoke under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Every king, those that were willing to listen were anointed by the Holy Spirit. Intimately involved in the Old Testament, every minor and major event, Holy Spirit was there. I love 1 Samuel 16, 13. There's that moment where David is anointed king. Listen to this. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brother. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Uh, when I was a younger kid, whenever I went to the hospital, I always carried a thing of oil in my pocket because we were called to anoint. Some of you remember this. The anointing, that, that moment where you set that moment or that person aside for the Holy Spirit of God to work. Old Testament, all through it. New Testament, Jesus himself, well, don't even start there. Go before Jesus is even born. The parents of John the Baptist, Zacharias and Elizabeth were told that their son John would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then prior to conception, the Spirit comes to Mary and speaks to her. Holy Spirit is hovering at the time of conception. I mean, all through the gospels, the Holy Spirit is working and is alive and well and ministering. When Jesus is supposed to go out into the desert to face the enemy, to be tempted, who draws him out into the, the desert? But the Holy Spirit, intimately evolved in the Gospels. And then in Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit comes, man, it's all over. The Holy Spirit of God is operating and moving and the church today is simply because the Holy Spirit of God began to work and inspire and move and, and regenerate and move people toward Jesus Christ. Man, I wanna be a part of that history. I want to be a part of that history today. How about you? Holy Spirit is active. And, 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 you know, and, and keep in mind, I want to make sure we all understand, we talk about Jesus all the time here. Jesus' death on the cross, the resurrection, ascension. One day Jesus is coming back. We love the words redemption and atonement and forgiveness and his love. We love the cross, the empty tomb, all that stuff. But here's what Jesus himself is about to say to us before his first coming and his second coming. There's just a lot of work to do. And who has the, he sent to do it? The Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, who between now and then is to prepare our hearts and to make us more Christ-like and more like Jesus and to inspire and to motivate and to teach and to counsel and to advocate and to help us become who God in Christ wants us to be. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And man, it's time for you and I to get on board and say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Do what you will in me. Lead me and guide me. That's what Jesus is about to say to us. Jesus said these words. I mean, Jesus knew there was a lot of work to do. We call it sanctification. Old-fashioned word, but it means becoming like Christ between his first and second coming. Here's what Jesus said. He said, read these with me and see what you see. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, Holy Spirit, or knows him. You know him because the Holy Spirit dwells with you and will be in you. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. See, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. It points us to the teachings and life and, and work of Christ. It's what the Holy Spirit does. John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me, meaning Jesus. Okay, now get this next one because I want you to find the, the key word here. John 16, in verse seven. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Okay, now this is Jesus talking here, and maybe this is just me, but do you see the key word there, what Jesus said? It's to our advantage. It's to our advantage. I mean, this is Jesus talking here, that Jesus will ascend at, at ascension. He will go, but he said, I've got to go so that I can send. It is to your advantage, I encourage you, that the Holy Spirit will come. Jesus is saying this, listen, it's good that you love me, but there's one who's coming who's gonna empower the socks off you. He, he didn't say it that way, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He's going to empower you. He's going to make life interesting and, and, and just powerful in your life. Here's the thing, and I want to keep reiterating this. Jesus is the compass. He's our true north. We follow Jesus. Are everybody with me on that? We follow. He died for us, forgave us, redeemed us, all that stuff. But he said, it's good that I go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that becomes, if you will, the boundaries that keeps us moving toward becoming like Jesus. And we have to allow the Spirit to do that good work in us who will guide us into all truth, be our advocate, our helper, our, help, uh, our, helper, our teacher, all of these things today. I'll tell you what, if you really want to really be who Jesus has called us to be, allow the Holy Spirit to deepen your prayer life. Allow the Holy Spirit to enrich your worship and give us discernment. Beloved, one of the things we need right now more than anything is a spirit of discernment. And you know who gives it? It's the Holy Spirit. We need discernment today like we need air. Discernment. He reminds us of the words of Jesus. He pushes us to being more like Jesus. He will guide. He will counsel. He will help us with decision making. He will help us to become more and more and more formed in the image of Christ. We just need, listen, listen, listen. We just need to give him opportunity. We just need to give him opportunity. Friends, I, I, I say this with all, in all seriousness. What we believe about the Holy Spirit of God matters. What you believe about the Holy Spirit of God matters. There's no way to live in Christ following, live the Christ following life except in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. There's no way to be the church except in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. There's no way to fulfill the mission of God except with the Holy Spirit. We will not understand scripture without the Holy Spirit. It'll just be words and there's no way to pray or worship or just enjoy the presence of the living God without the Holy Spirit. No way. So you say, Ray, what does all this mean? Well, I'm, I'm glad you're asking that instead of wondering who, you know, how are the, how, are the Seahawks playing tomorrow night? Who cares? I say that in all love. 
I'm, I'm so, I, I so want the Holy Spirit of God to move. I don't care who plays what. I'm even, I, I love the Mariners and they're doing a great, having a great season. But beloved, you want a great life. Don't worry about them. Involve yourself in walking and being someone, a vessel of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Mark Sayers, someone I'd recommend you all start listening to because you're gonna hear it anyway when I or Pastor Daniel or Taylor start talking. Uh, a podcast called uh, Rebuilders, I think. He just did a podcast on Tuesday and he was talking about the five stages of civilizational decline in the, in the world today. And it was a sobering, sobering uh, podcast. He, he used Rome, which is an easy target. Rome went through different stages of building, enjoying, and then feeling entitled, and then moving to that next stage of a, of a part of their time that didn't care about what was done before. They just didn't care. And then you have the disintegration of Rome. And he likened it to today. And he asked the question, do we find culture, civilizations stagnating or dying today? Well, it doesn't take a PhD to recognize that we've got some struggles today, right? I mean, a lot of the generation of the builders are gone, those who built and we've moved through different stages, but basically we're living in a broken culture today. Can I just say that? And I'm not meaning to discourage you. In fact, I want to encourage you, as crazy as that sounds. I talked to a lady before service. She has a son who is caught right in the middle of, of the mental health system, and it's, it's, it's killing her. Mental health system needs, needs help. Justice system is upside down and all turned around. There's not a system in our, in, in, our, in our culture that's not reeling or broken. And those that aren't broken, we've been told not to trust them anyway, so even if they're working, we don't trust them anyway. And if you want to destroy a, a nation, just get them to not trust anything. Distrust everything. And it leads to a time of, of social upheaval. Now, I don't tell you those things to make you feel bad, although it, it's a sobering thought, isn't it? You know, well, politics will save us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, dear Lord, save us. I, I won't even get going on that. Well, Ray, why'd you tell us that? Well, in the Old Testament, every time Israel sinned, or many, when they sinned, they got to a place of, of societal breakdown and, and cultural devastation. Somebody in the group started crying out to God. Someone started praying. Someone started saying, God, we need you. We can't do this without you. And, and, and the Holy Spirit would raise up a judge or a king or a, uh, a prophet. And under the anointing, I mean, how many times in the Old Testament and the Spirit of the Lord came upon Habakkuk or Zechariah or Isaiah, one of the prophets, one of the judges, Deborah. The Spirit of the Lord came upon them and they rallied the people and victory was theirs. God is looking for people to pray and to humble themselves and say, Holy Spirit, come. God, we can't do this in our own strength. We, we can't do it apart from you. See, 
societal breakdown is not just discouraging, it can be an opportunity for a powerful move of God, for a time of renewal, for a time of revival, for a bunch of average people like you and I, people, everyday people like us, who began to hear that song that you guys sing at the end, and every time I'm so tempted to just fall on my knees, but now that I've said it, I don't want to do it because everyone will start looking at me. But just begin to cry out and say, Holy Spirit, come and do what you can do. Do what you can do. We, we need a move of God. We need the, the church to say, uh, we are exiles and foreigners, but we have been called to, to lift up this family. Man, don't get me going on families. I've experienced what divorce looks like in my own family, and it's tragic, and it's devastating. I've seen the effects. I've seen... I've seen what's going on in the school districts. I've seen all the different things that are happening all around us. We need a move of God. And it doesn't happen in one event. It happens when everyday people like you and I take those really uncomfortable words. Are you ready? You want to hear these dynamic words? Surrender, yielding, submission to the work of God. And it's not just an event. We want the big event. The, the, the awakenings that happen back, and it may happen that way, but more often than not, it's one person saying, Holy Spirit, work in me today. Let me have your heart, your mind, how I treat others. And then three or four people do it, and then a few more do it, and then all of a sudden, we're all out there being Jesus to people through the work of the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, or day before, one of the days, you know, I hit 65, can't remember like I used to. You know, between you and I, 65 was one of those interesting milestones for me. Some of you who are older, I had someone tell me, oh, you're just a kid. Well, I may be, but I'm an older kid than I used to be. <laughs> you know, I don't know that kid any longer applies. But I was just driving down the road, and I was just listening to a song. Just a, it wasn't a Christian song. It was off a, some album I got a long time ago, and it started... Did you know, between, I'm off on a tangent. Did you know the Holy Spirit can even use stuff that isn't strictly spiritual? Can even take those moments and begin to inspire and motivate you and say, I'm not done with you yet, Armstrong. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get up. I have called you by name. Get up. And that song's going and, and I'm feeling like Superman. My, I'm just, muscles are growing everywhere. and <laughs> I'm feeling like God's about to do something powerful. God's going to move because that's what we need. We just need one or two, three or four people who say, Holy Spirit, come and work in me. You know what? Some of you hearing this, it's like, it's like that, you remember that Christmas movie got with the train and Tom Hanks, Polar Express. You know that part at the end where the kid wants to hear that bell and the, some kids have gotten past, they don't hear the bell anymore. So he's... He can't hear the bell, and I gotta be honest with you, if you can't hear the joy of Christmas, you are miserable. Some of you here today, you'll hear this message and, and the message of Pastor Taylor, Pastor Daniel, and me at the end, and moving into right the next series that we're excited about today. And you'll be shaking that bell and you won't hear it. You just won't. And, it's, and I'm, not, I'm not picking on you, but there'll be others of you. You'll hear the bell ring. And something begin to stir inside you. And then it'll be like Gideon. When, when Gideon, the, the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he lifted up the trumpet and he began to blow it. And all the people around, all the Israelites around them heard the clarion call of the trumpet. 
And they began to throw down their shovels, their rakes, and all that stuff. And they began to find their secret swords. And they picked up their sword and they said, there's something. Let's go. Let's go do this. Some of you will do that. See, we don't need a large number. We just need a few who are passionate for God. Who want a moving of the Holy Spirit to just change from the inside out. Who will say, Holy Spirit, do it in me. So that I can be used to do it in someone else. That's my prayer for you. Now, I'm I'm winding down. This is my third service, so I'm going to just stop right here and just pray that you hear the bell. Bow your heads with me just for a moment. We cry, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, to that remnant, that remnant, that small group of people, who, who, who something's being birthed in them right now, a hunger and a thirsting for you. Something that says, I, I don't understand everything Ray said, but there is something that's being birthed in me right now, a hunger for more of you. A hunger to know the person of the Holy Spirit, a hunger to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in me as I surrender, as I yield, as I submit. The Spirit of the living God falls fresh on me. Lord, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place that they would hear the clarion call, that we would begin to devote ourselves to prayer and to study and to teaching, that we would say, Lord, I want, I want more of you, and, and today I, I commit to that, no matter what. Holy Spirit, come, we pray. Fall fresh on men and women here today. Restore our marriages, restore our systems, restore all of these different things that have fallen in disrepair, begin to do a work. And Lord, use us. Here we stand, we're ready, let's go. In Jesus' name we pray. Stand, let's worship the Lord together.